We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is... This is... This is... Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm Giancarlo Navas, your host for today. And with me are the, uh, I want to call them the rejects of the Cluster Bleep. Well, not really, because they were scheduled to be on, but you're like the um, you're like the leftovers. You were supposed to be on, and then there were circumstances that you weren't on. Uh, I have Christian Hernandez and Jack Alfonso. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm good. good. And yeah, I missed out on that uh, super pod because I uh, had a little too much fun at brunch earlier that day and then I couldn't make it. <laughs> Whose story is more funny? Because as we were trying to find you, uh, Christian, Harrison was like, he didn't make it through brunch. And I was like, no, Christian made it through no, brunch. No, I made it through brunch. And it's that I, I couldn't make it the extra two hours I needed to wait until that thing started. <laughs> I think I lost it like around 5.15 or so or something like that. Oh, man. And Jack, you got kicked out of a library. Yeah, I recorded for what? I mean, I didn't record, but we were on. I was on the Skype call with you guys for like 30 minutes. It was amazing. And then right before we got, got to record, I got kicked out of the room. That was amazing. And, and by the way, for those like we didn't get to record the whole um, like pre-Skype conversation. That might have been the best podcast we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazingly That's hilarious. True. Yeah, it was great. So if you guys haven't seen uh, the Heat Twitter Roundtable Cluster Bleep, uh, check that out. You can find it on the website, heatbeatmiami.com, or on Spreaker, uh, heatbeatmiami. So check that out. But we have trade deadline stuff, and it was uh, uh, Snoozefest Fair? Yeah. No, it was super exciting. I love <laughs> luxury tax talk. Oh, my God. I've learned no, so much boy. in the last couple of days. Don't we always? It's stuff I don't want to learn, though. <laughs> like, I don't care about that. Albert Random knows, man. Oh, Albert knows. Random. Was, yeah, this yeah, is Yeah, no, this is I'll just ask season. him anytime I need this to know like anything. peak Albert Random time. 
But today was like especially boring. Like today it's just like, yeah, like it was blatant salary dumps. Like they don't care if you yeah. know. <laughs> you just kind of woke up today and you're like, okay, like Brian Roberts got moved, Jarnell Stokes got moved. Nothing's happening today. Okay, Kristen, but, yes or no, you know what he looks like, Brian Roberts. I've seen two pictures. I definitely pick I, if he was standing <laughs> behind you at Starbucks, would you know it's him? Nah, he'd probably just look like every other Hispanic dude around here. <laughs> Jack, if Brian Roberts was standing behind you at Starbucks, would you know it's him? I would know it. Would him. you know? I, I've would seen you? Brian Roberts. Okay, so of course, because you know, you know, like all these random basketball players. No, I know him because I remember like people were making a big deal because he was shooting well. I think his first year with Charlotte, and everybody was talking about how big of a find he when was. He was twenty-seven. And I was excited to have him in Miami. Like loser. I was like, he's pretty good. <laughs> like he's not great, and he's not going to do anything for you, but he's a guy. He's a guy. He's Tyler Johnson, but older and not athletic and no you fun know, and you know without the pimples. They both have in common is that they both have a somebody that plays this, this has the same name, plays a different sport. And when you Google them, the other sport guy comes up oh, higher. Really? Brian Roberts is a baseball oh, player. Really that. And Tyler Johnson is a hockey player. And they both come up before he does. That's the most frustrating thing about Tyler Johnson is just it's impossible to google him because you have to google tyler johnson heat and then still i get like five hockey <laughs> pictures no way oh my god you're right yep you're right how deep do i have to go in images to get it's in the images tyler where, johnson where it image. really stands out you just see so many okay, of tyler see, yeah. johnson the hockey player yeah okay no he's in the second row except he's camouflaged because he's wearing white and he's not wearing any red and uh, i guess the tampa bay uniform is also white so tyler johnson kind of blends in um poor Ty- poor tj man did you want? I mean, TJ is not even the most important TJ in Florida now. I guess who would be Tyler Johnson? Oh, that's right. Oh, Tampa, the, Duh. Tampa Bay, Duh. Tyler TJ. I am. Uh, I'm sad that I was not Omri Caspied. I, I wanted that to happen, and uh, I was not uh, Omri Caspied. Yeah, but you know, you could tell right away when some of the asking prices first started coming out, and it makes sense that you know they weren't teams weren't really that willing to part with their contracts because you know immediately next year when that cap goes up you know the same player is going to be worth more next year that he would than he would be this year just because of the pure money that arm so that contract's so good yeah. like three million dollars for a 40 percent shooter who could play power forward sign me exactly. up exactly like every every team's looking for a guy like that because that's what everybody wants armory cast everybody needs shooting like like you it's being proven especially this year that the best teams are shooting really well and everybody else that isn't keeping up is falling behind and there's i mean i would imagine that would happen most years too but this year especially it's a new league jack what are you moving back there what I'm that's not me. Oh, because uh, you looked at the camera guilty. <laughs> no, you looked up and you're like, What the hell's going on? Your boy, dude. I'm guilty because I don't know what to say about this Omri Caspi stuff. I didn't want him that because you wanted to keep Tyler Johnson. It's just because, especially with the Bosch thing now, why are we trading for an older player? Well, like, I don't want to trade our younger players for old. If Bosch hadn't gotten like this blood clot scare again, 
I would have been ecstatic about the Omri Caspi trade, but now that he's out, it's just like I don't want to get older yeah. as a team. Well, yo, go Chris. No, I agree with everything you said. Pretty much, I mean, Bosch losing Bosch for an extended period would change things dramatically, and that's pretty much what it looks like we're we're coming to. So, I mean. It's just it's, a, it's an awkward spot to be in. Like I feel like we, no matter what, even if we miss the playoffs, I hope we still give up that pick because doesn't it? Get, I think it gets very complicated. Like if we ended up pushing that pick back another year, but I think we were very we we could fall out of the playoff hunt. I don't know though. There's <laughs> why are you laughing, Jack? <laughs> it's just this camera. You were just like moving it around and smiling <laughs> as it spun in the air. <laughs> It's a really it's the same camera I was using for the um cluster bleep. Yes. But it's just it's hard to deal with. I I'm just excited we have It's Mad Ghetto. roster spots though. Oh, well Michael Beasley can come back. Okay, so there's so much to, there's so much to talk about today and we haven't even got into my uh my my sad funny love life which we will get into later. So I do <laughs> I do want to get into the the roster spot stuff cuz I know Albert Random had some good information on that, but more toward the Bosch thing. So if they're looking at Bosch being out for an extended period of time, I think their deadline moves kind of told you that, right? Like they, they know something that this um, – they just did nothing. They just dumped salary. Because I don't think that that was the plan going into the trade deadline, correct? I thought that they wanted to go get somebody. And with all the news that came out, it, it appeared to me that they were behaving like a team that said, okay, this year's done. I mean, like we're not going to – we are sellers. We're just trying to get rid of – and they're stapling second-round picks to everybody to try to get everybody off this team. Yeah. Um, and what the hell did they, they get from the Blazers? Do we know? They no, they just gave got they gave the cap space, and I think the Blazers but, gave back. Yeah, a they didn't get anything or something like that. So you just yeah, gave Brian Roberts for money and a conditional second no, round pick. No, the Heat gave Dude, a second sure, round pick. Yeah, I'm no, sure that's Pat what I'm Riley saying. threw in like a belt or two. You know, <laughs> sweeten the deal. I don't get. I don't get what they got back. Nobody's telling me. They got under the luxury. But what decks. did they? They have to trade for something. You just can't give. I think people it was things. like cash. You can do that, just like cash. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that's like a soccer transaction. Like they just bought. You them. can buy like a second round pick for that. Who the money? hell would want to buy a second round pick and bro? Well, apparently, we might want to consider that soon. Didn't the Timberwolves do like five of those? <laughs> Sam Hinkie, yo. Yeah. No. Um. I think they would have made like, or at least tried as hard as they could to make some sort of win now move if Bosch were healthy. But I think that just kind of scrapped any idea of getting like Dwight Howard or Al Horford or something like that. Because like you can't trade for an expiring contract to help you win now if your best player is going to be out for a ridiculous amount of time. So I think they're just getting ready for 2016. They're finally under the luxury tax and they can sign guys and hope Bosch is healthy next year. Isn't that kind of the best case scenario for them? I mean, not not Bosch's health, but maybe not doing anything because it's not like they were going to contend anyway. So keep whatever little assets you have, get under the luxury tap, maintain maximum flexibility because what what does Al Horford get you? What is, you know, I mean, I, I wanted Omri Cass because he was under contract for another year, but what do these t- Jeff Teague, Mike Conley, what does that give you going forward, you know? I mean, it gives you a good player on a what's going to be a cheaper contract, which is always attractive in an age where you're 
But so what? So we're we're doing that to Goron, where you're moving him a year after he signed for less money. Like, is that what this? Like, I I don't know. It just seemed odd to me that that wasn't how this team worked. Uh, maybe that's a little ignorant for me, but it's kind of doing him dirty, don't you think? I mean, it would be, but at the same time, extremely. I mean, you can see that Dwayne and Drogic don't fit well together. So obviously, the the, the trouble for this franchise right now is that, and I totally understand it, obviously is that you can't just abandon the star of your franchise. Dwayne Wade is the greatest player in Heat history, without a doubt. You know, he's... He's the second second greatest player in Heat history. <laughs> Mario, Mario Come on, man. Exactly. I forgot, I forgot we were doing the show with Jack. Number six. <laughs> I, Jack, you ruined the joke. I was going to go number six, and then you had to come in Mario Chalmers. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows it. So I wanted to punchline, man. Okay, continue, but, Christian. Uh, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> so easy to get distracted. <laughs> we derail so often. This sounds so professional. We're awesome. I was really going somewhere with that, too. I know. I know. I don't even remember what you were talking about, Jack. Do you remember what he was talking about? I have no clue. Oh, Dwayne, doing Dwayne dirty, uh, doing Drogic dirty, Dwayne, the best player right, in history. Exactly. I mean,. Like if it was a basketball move, it would be pretty obvious, wouldn't it be? Like you have, no, you have this course. point guard that statistically plays better without Dwayne, and then you have this thirty-four-year-old guy who can't seem to lower the amount that he's using the ball, and he's forcing it a lot. So it's it's tough. It's you know. Well, have you guys seen the numbers that would just indicate how Dwayne is mucking everything up? Yeah, there's been a lot of that going around uh, the last few days. That's why it's kind of been focused on. I'm gonna to try to find it right now, but it's like it's it's Dwayne's uh, plus minuses with different with different guys, and they're all minus. Like when it's just Dwayne and a guy, it's always all minus. And Drogic with people are okay. Here I found it. Um, Wade and Hassan, Heat's defensive rating is 101.4 without him, 98 with him. Um, Heat defensive rating with Wade, 103 without him. Not, uh, with uh, God, I am just butchering this. One hundred and three with him, ninety one hundred three with him, ninety six without him. Wade, yeah, it's great. Ninety six so without we have him. I mean, that's that's a lot. Ninety six. It'd be second in the NBA. So the Heat's defensive rating with Wade is one hundred and three, and without him, ninety six. Uh, his his minutes with rotation players plus minus uh, with them. When Wade's on the court, Whiteside's a minus fifty with Wade. Bosch minus thirty three. Dang minus eighty seven. Ouch. Green minus one. Winslow minus twelve. Johnson minus thirteen. Udrick minus thirty six. Now when Wade is on the court, but not Drogic, it's it's very similar, right? And then when Wade is off the court. Whiteside plus 31, Bosch plus 64, Dang minus 31, Green plus 57, Winslow plus 51, Johnson plus 22, and Udrick plus 31. Uh, Drogic with the rotation players, Whiteside plus 29, Bosch plus 71, uh, Dang minus 1, Green plus 83, that's amazing, Winslow plus 56, Johnson plus 24, Udrick plus 1. That was a lot of numbers, but what it would indicate is that Dwayne <laughs> that, makes that, everybody that around him worse. That was a lot of numbers. <laughs> it was a lot, and I know that was <laughs> I don't think I followed awful all radio. That. It was hard to keep up by the end. And I didn't even read them right, and it was awful. It was terrible. But you got it. You got the gist yeah, of the it. Gi- I mean, the gist of it is that... Can we talk no, about... Go ahead, Jack. Uh, okay. 
I was just going to say, can we talk about, like, you're using those on-off stats as, like, an argument against Wade, and that's fair because that's a reasonable argument to make, especially watching him. The eye test would match up with the fact that he kind of takes things over and maybe derails the offense a little bit. But I see a lot of people who, like, get mad at people for pointing out these on-off stats, but those same people on Twitter will use those stats against Hassan because, like, you can use that same argument against Hassan because there's some on-off stats that would suggest Hassan kind of messes up some things, too. But, like, it's kind of a double standard where people are really quick to use these stats to talk about how Hassan's ruining everything, but then call these stats stupid when you maybe suggest that Wade needs to yeah, take a step back. Yeah, they're quick to use so. whatever kind of evidence suits their argument at the, at the time. So that's why you see people that go all over the place with this stuff. That's why I usually just try to stick to the numbers as much as possible because, you know, it's, it's a little bit, obviously, it's, a, it's obviously a cliche, but, you know, numbers don't tend to lie. And if you just look at them the right way, they, they can kind of give you a good idea of what's actually going on in front of you. And then, obviously, I the just, eye test backs it up. I just think it's difficult to discern with all these numbers. Like, what is what is sample enough? What is not sample enough? What is being affected by all sorts of variables that can happen with basketball? Just lineups, health, uh, how an uh, opponent, you know, all stuff like that. So this all gets muddled very, very difficult in a very difficult way. However, the Dwayne numbers I bring up because they're they're pretty damning. I mean, it's it's not just minus like six or whatever it's minus 71 it's uh 72 minus 49 minus 37 and then the drogic numbers are all overwhelmingly positive plus 29 plus 71 with bosch like it, it's just it's the gulf it's not just that okay the numbers would suggest Dwayne's kind of stinky with people it's that it would suggest that Dwayne's kind of terrible with people Dwayne has the third worst plus minus on the team with minus 68 and Drogic has the best at plus 79 so all these things would I mean but we can say that Dwayne's having a decent year is that f- no, he's still very good. But then what do we like, do with these numbers that would say Dwayne's having a terrible year and he's making everybody around him worse when he plays heavy minutes on a team that's over 500? I, I don't think you have to say that Wade's having a terrible year. Like, I don't think you have to take these numbers with 100%, like, 100% at face value. But if you kind of combine it with the eye test a little bit, like, you watch the games, you see that he's still a very good player, but he still consistently has a tendency to kind of hijack the offense and take things over a little too much. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means maybe, like, there's a bit of a gap between the player that he is and the player that he thinks he is and the role he's playing. So basically, like, Kanye and Kendrick Lamar. Sure. <laughs> Kanye thinks he's you, you haven't been following it. Ka- Kendrick Lamar is what Kanye thinks he is. Man, you guys uh, yeah. are no fun, dude. You guys no, are the worst. Was, uh, yeah, that was skinny, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was skin. Was, that was funny. That was and it's true. It's true shit. And it's <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's and, yeah, and it's true. But Christian, what do you make of of everything that I'm saying that those numbers, I mean Dwayne plays 30 minutes a game. Uh, out of 48. He's playing the majority of the right. game. I mean, mostly with the starters. 
and the team is I mean we could say what we want about the team but the team is good like it's it's not great but it's it's good they're over 500 significantly and considering they survived this awful road schedule right so they're a good team uh and it would suggest that Dwayne's awful uh, right by those numbers but I, I don't know like where do we what do we do with that I, I don't understand I mean, like I, I'm confused I think it's a combination of a couple things. I think those numbers will look a lot worse, obviously, because Dwayne just can't play the same level of defense that he used to play. He can't play it for a whole game. He'll turn it on like in the fourth quarter when it matters, but there are points during the games where he tends to coast a little bit on defense, and it usually ends up costing us. And I've been trying to pay attention to it more lately, and it really seems to happen on just kind of semi-transition opportunities where Dwayne just kind of has a lapse and his guy just gets free. So there, I do see those things happen commonly. But the other thing, too, is just the fit on offense. You've got a lot of talent, but a lot of talent that's kind of stacking in certain places. You have two guys who really need the ball, which is always going to be a problem, especially when both of them can't shoot great. And if you can't stretch the floor, it's going to be really hard to, to drive and get into the lane. So fit, that's why I'm, I'm open to all kinds of things when it comes to Goron and Wade, as long as you figure out which way you want to go. Because this way, together, unless something radically changes in the dynamic, I don't, I don't think it works. I think it's pretty clear that it doesn't work, uh, considering their production together. But And then you, as, a, as a team... What do you do from here? Now you have the people that say, blow it up. You got to get rid of Dwayne. And I understand what they're saying. And, you know, probably objectively, that's probably the correct thing to do. However, that's not a world that we live in. And that's not what this organization is going to do. Um, it's, it's And so, let, like, let's look at it from a realistic perspective. And what can they do? Uh because you cannot just – it'd be difficult just to get rid of him. And it also might be a little difficult to unload the Dragic contract, um, especially in a, in, when the cap's about to go up and everybody's going to try to get spend money first. Yeah, I mean, I think for the rest of the season, obviously, I'm a, I'm I'm basically under the assumption that Bosch is out for the rest of the year. And I, I think we all are, right, Jack? You, do you same? Yeah, no, I I wouldn't really want him coming back this year because it's not going to do anything and he should just get right. healthy. Like, come back next year if you can. But the health is the main concern right now. And, like, if he can come back by the playoffs, that's not going to do anything for anybody. And that's just adding risk. So, I mean, hopefully it's not that bad. Like, I, I guess Ethan said it's better than we think. So that's good, but I mean, I mean, I don't see him coming back this better year. Better than we think is he re- going to retire. So I mean, there's a lot of yeah, no, you know, it just means he's not like dying, which is obviously amazing news. Right. So and the thing too is uh, he's already been on the blood thinners. They say that like once you start taking blood thinners, you're not supposed to get back into activity for like three to six months. So I mean, I just his year shot. What was that? His year is shot. No, yeah, it's, it's gone. So I think what the Heat need to do going forward is they need to devote that extra part of the game that would always you know, be Chris's part of the game, and they need to see what they really have in both Whiteside and in Justice Winslow. I think they, they need to start Ooh. giving Winslow more of an opportunity to showcase himself, and 
Your wheelhouse, Jack. Look at you. I'm so excited. That if there is any silver lining to this, and then there, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible thing, and there's no positives to it. I'll say that. But in the basketball world, Justice gets an opportunity to start and show what he can do. And that's pretty cool. That's not a good thing because obviously you'd rather have Bosch there. But, like, it could open up an opportunity for him to show some stuff. Like, there's a huge hole in the offense with Bosch out. And Justice has shown he can do some cool little point forward things. And I want to see more of that. I actually agree with that. And I'm pretty sure Kristen's also going to agree with that. I like him in that point forward role. Yeah, he just needs to be given the chance to really have the ball in his hands. But he needs to shoot better. That that has to be priority number one in the offseason. They need to get, I don't know, some sort of shooting magician coach. That has to get fixed. Right. I'm not super worried about that. I know that, you're though. not, but it has to be fixed sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, it, I, but I, I'm pretty confident that he can fix it to a certain extent. I don't think, like, if it's this bad, um, like... Two years, like if it's this bad next year, or like going forward, if he doesn't improve at all, I'll do the spoon dick test <laughs> yeah. on my forehead. Yes. Oh, thank you. So I'm pretty sure he'll be at least like, like Iguodala. I think an Iguodala comparison for him is like fits in a lot of ways. Like I think he'll improve, like to be like a passable three-point shooter, like a good three-point shooter that you can't leave him open, and then you have to, like, that opens up things for the rest of his game. Like, I don't think that'll ever be, like, a focal point of his game, but if he can get it to a point where, like, guys don't have to, like, yeah. If he's Luol Deng from three, that's great. I mean, that's 36%. That's over the average. Uh, No, that's great. His shooting, his three-point shooting percentage is by month, November 26%. Uh, December 23%, January 28%, and February 20%. That's not good. I mean, what he That's he doesn't really have a lot of time to just... Basically like, atrocious. No, I, all that I, and I understand. Will come he's, in the summer, he's 19 though. years old. It yeah. will improve. You need the offseason. What I'm just saying is that there has been no in-season improvement. Uh, the uptick to 28% is not an improvement. Uh, his field goal percent is also erratic. 44%, then 35%, then 40%, then 45%. He's very... I mean, I guess rookies do that. They're very erratic, but it's difficult to find some sort of consistency on what can he be offensively other than we know he can dribble and play make. I think that's partially how they use him, though, because when he has the ball in his hands, I think the offense... And he looks a lot better in the offense... But there's a lot of times they're using him as a spot-up shooter, which is ridiculous. Because if he's not moving in the offense, it's terrible because there's no spacing. Like, he'll just be standing in the corner, and I don't know if that's by design or him. But either way, that needs to change because, like, he can never be standing around on offense. If he's not constantly moving, like, the offense looks terrible with him. Right, and I, th- I think Chris? a lot of times when he is standing around, I think he, he is being told to do that because... When you just watch him naturally play, like he's incredibly active, uh, all over the court, like even away from the ball, setting like back screens, and you know, constantly trying to improve the position of the team. And I think that's why those like plus minus numbers really reflect for him. And because he really just does the little things that don't get caught, he does those same things that Shane Battier would do for us. 
you know, and he's these. He's, Betty was Duke too, right? Yes. Yeah, he's Duke. Yeah. Kids. Dukies. Dukies, I swear. But and you have to realize he's if, if in four years he gets to thirty six percent from three, that's acceptable, right? That's that's no. I mean, that's, that's more exactly, than acceptable. That's, that's, that's where like we set the great. line really on. You can I don't accept him to be consistently forty percent. No, no. Uh, but I mean, he, he, I think that's unreasonable. But I, I think what you want. I mean, I think the stat is kind of telling: thirty-eight unassisted field goals, seventy-two assisted field goals. He needs that number has to go up. Shouldn't be scoring any unassisted field goals. You know what I mean? Like, like what Jack said: off most off ball motion cuts. Uh, spot up shots although uh, he needs to get better Jack my argument with him is that we're approaching a time in the NBA that if you're not shooting you can't be on the floor like this this problem this mess that they have Miami is in my opinion overachieved considering how poorly everything fits because Dwayne doesn't shoot and Hassan doesn't shoot and your best shooter is a 36% shooter in Luoldang like they're they're making this work somehow uh, through through the defense notably but they're all bad shooters and you're playing without any space and this offense looks terrible all the time because of the space so you have Justice who can't shoot you have Dwayne who can't shoot you have Hassan who can't shoot you have all these non-shooters. Drogic's having a terrible year because, of course, he's going to have a terrible year. And when every time Bosch used to drive into the paint, he'd meet six defenders. But that's like you're saying exactly what I've been saying is except for the part where everybody has to shoot. I don't think everybody has to be a good shooter. It's well, ideal. Jack, I mean, but like, it's what, not are the be- what are necessary. the best teams? Well, yeah, but the Warriors don't like I'm not, not even all saying, of their players uh, are who shooters. Doesn't, who like, doesn't shoot? Livingston's not a great shooter. Okay, but Livingston's a guy with the ball in his hand. <laughs> yeah, but that's why you put the ball in Winslow's hand. But then what do I you do with Dwayne? Here's what I'm saying. This is a Miami offense that makes everybody look terrible. It's so bad. On a, on a different offense, I think I don't think Justice looks great because he's not there offensively yet. I'm not arguing that. I think he will get there, but I don't think he's there yet. But I think all of his like offensive like faults and flaws and like he's just very raw i think that's all amplified by the fact that miami has zero shooting and it's just a mess of an offense like i just think it's it makes it everybody look worse and especially justice i think the only guy that has benefited from it has been Dwayne. that he looks good i don't even know if he's benefited well, he, I mean, he's from shooting 46 percent like, at his age considering the types of shots that he gets I mean, that's a good year. 18, almost 19 points on 46% shooting as a high-usage player. That's that's pretty good offensively. Plus uh, the five assists, and I think he's averaging almost 10 potential assists. So kind of hampered down by his teammates that aren't shooting the ball well. So, I mean, I, I think Dwayne's at least numerically in a vacuum without all his on-off-court stuff. It's having a good offensive year. Yeah, no, he's a good player. It's just... You know, the offense is a mess, and that's partly due to I'm him. I'm disappointed. You guys have it, brought no energy today. Hey, I have energy. Let's talk about justice. <laughs> yeah, no, he's the greatest player of all up. time. And people were yelling at me yesterday because I said I wouldn't trade him for Jimmy Butler. Oh, wait, and wait, I know what? It's the wait, right, what? Wait, I should say, I know it's the right move to trade him for Jimmy Butler, but I wouldn't do it because I just I, don't, I don't want, want to either. I no. like justice. I'm not a huge I'm Jimmy Butler fan. You're not alone. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's Mio. a really nice 
player for sure. But isn't he he's already 24, 25? I'll take him. I'll take his 24, 25-year-old ass. How old is he? I think he's 26. I don't know. No, I don't know. Let me look this up. You know what my biggest fear is with giving away Justice Winslow? Is that if you give him away and then five years, he's the most terrorizing defender in the NBA, and you gave him up for something that's probably not going to be the same. Why are you putting your phone in his Jimmy? He's 26. What are you doing? He's 26. Seven years. So that's seven years old. You could have just told us 26. I understand Jimmy Butler makes this team much better, and... Most likely, like just probability wise, Winslow will never get to that level. But I'm also a crazy person, and I think he'll surpass that. And I just like Winslow's game. I like watching him. I think he'll, at the very least, he'll be a top five defender in the NBA consistently. Like at the very least, and then he'll be Tony Allen, which I'm fine with. Uh, that's, but I think he'll I mean, be way you, better. Than I that. mean, uh, number before I say that, LeBron just absolutely annihilated poor Mike Dunleavy. What? Uh, in transition, oh. Mike Dunleavy tried to stop a trap, and LeBron just ran into him. <laughs> Mike Dunleavy's old ass literally flew off of his feet. It was I so he, funny. I think Mike Dunleavy just came back from injury too. I'm going to retweet this. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm, I just retweeted it so you guys can see the vine. It's hilarious. I, mean, it's f- I don't follow you on Twitter, though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Go straight to hell. Oh, so, no, yeah, Justice. This. Okay, while, while, you, while you look at the vine, I will. I will um, th- well, the Justice thing, if you, I mean, the idea. Oh. You saw it? Wow. Yeah, that's funny, man. Jeez. <laughs> he went flying. I know. He just completely knocked him off his feet. Hold on. Poor guy. I know, that was amazing. LeBron's a bully. He's mean. He should be banned from the NBA. LeBron's awesome, dude. Hashtag not Team Petty. Um, <laughs> if Justice becomes glorified Tony Allen, I mean, was that worth uh, the tanking and the losing and the not trade him they for didn't anything? They tank. They were just bad. Let's they be tanked honest. at the end. When it was but time, they still it was won time. that last it game. It was time to tank. When they, when they tanked, it was time to tank. They got lucky that they got that pick. That fell into their lap. I don't think they tanked purposely. I think they just sucked. And then that last 76ers game, that was the only time they legitimately tanked, and they still won that game. That was amazing because you cannot tank the Sixers. That was a wonderful game, the, the by the six, way. I was at I a still restaurant. Think about that. Oh, my God. I was so jealous. No, was that the one Henry Walker hit the game winner? Yeah, oh, it was oh wonderful. My God, and Michael great. Beasley had like – Yeah, wasn't Michael Beasley playing the five in those games? Oh my god. Everybody played 48 minutes except for one player. I forgot. I think there were six active players and Haslam got subbed in for like 2 minutes Dude, and everybody else played 48 that minutes. That game that was season was the plague. Like people think this year's bad? No, man. There were days that we had to wonder if they can feel the team. It was kind of beautiful in a way, though. It was though. hilarious. Like, we got to see Michael Beasley shut down Marcin Gortat and DeMarcus Cousins in crunch time, and that was the greatest moment of my Heat fandom. Better than anything LeBron ever did. <laughs> Whoa. Damn. It was amazing. <laughs> I know that's words. recency bias, I and mean, I sound like an insane person this is why everybody today. hates you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, what, what you just said is what everyone thinks of you on Twitter. Like, just like, this guy's a fucking crazy person. Going all out because I missed the cluster bleed. Yeah, man. Just, <laughs> just spin hot takes, man. Just belt them out. <laughs>
So um, I was looking at Winslow's numbers for the last like six weeks or so to see if he's getting any better. Yeah, and he's still shooting like twenty seven percent from three in the last it's six weeks. Bad. He's not getting. He's not. Uh, Jack's gonna get so mad. I mean, he's just not getting. Hey, he better. had that stretch that he shot like fifty percent. No, I I'm just disagree. scared. I don't want to insult your your deity. I I don't, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Like, I don't think he. Like, I don't expect rookies to improve that much over the course of the rookie season. I expect like. Most, like almost all of the improvement really to come during the off season. Like that's when they have all the time to work mm-hmm. on specifics of their game. Like I think during the season you're just working on fitting in well with the team. And I think like one thing I love about him is he knows his limits really well and he's not nit- like he's like as much it, he hurts you as little as possible with his like skill set. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't I don't like, does that no, make sense? No, I do. And I don't want to be anti-Winslow. I'm not anti-Winslow. I think he's really... You better not. I'm be. not. I'm not. But what I'm just... Hashtag don't trade I, I'm, Winslow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying yeah. trade justice or anything. I'm just saying that when do you start to wonder, like, what's his... Like, what is his ceiling? Because I don't think... I, I don't think he'll ever be any sort of average offensive player. I think he'll always hover around below average to average. You know what I mean? Like, why are you making those faces? <laughs> I was about to get up and I leave. I mean, you're just ready to fucking blast me. Like, you're just like, no, you're <laughs> nodding your head. You're like, I can't wait for him to finish. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be. I'm not saying. I'm just saying we don't know. No, no, I get what we you're saying. We don't know. And like, the, the, what, what I have seen from him this year, it would indicate that he's not very skilled offensively. And he is a superb, a top perimeter defender in this league. And he could do a lot of different things. However, I do... The shooting scares me because everybody will say Jason Kidd. They're not all Jason Kidd. Sometimes you're Michael Kidd Gilchrist and you're Michael Kidd Gilchrist forever. Michael Kidd Gilchrist has improved a ton mm-hmm. as a shooter. Like he's the league average mid-range shooter now. And if Winslow Winslow does not have the form that Michael Kidd Gilchrist had coming into the league, and he has the work ethic that MKG has. Well, the Michael Kidd Gilchrist thing, I mean, they had to completely, I mean, I think fixing the shot completely mechanically is a little, I mean, there's nothing mechanically wrong with Justice. No, there's some things to tweak, and he's tweaked it, and it looks better. And it it hasn't gone in more. I... I mean, that's the thing. You can't like completely rework your shot in the middle of the season. He'll get reps in the off season, and I mean, this has been this is this probably. has been this Maybe. has been a justice PSA. <laughs> Brought to you by Jack Alfonso at Alfonso. Yeah, Hoops. man. I mean, I'm gonna be here <laughs> laughing probably with Jack when Justice Winslow comes back next season as a 20 year old after a full off season in the NBA. And he comes back and he just destroys the league. Literally the I'm second not... coming of Michael Jordan. And you're going to yell at me. 45% from three. Yeah, you're going to make it seem like I said, like, no, I believe in him. I think he's good. I think they should keep him. I don't think they should move him. I think his future is here, and I'm glad they have him. I'm just questioning that what you guys think he is and what he could potentially be. I think he could be uh, not... a rich man's run our test. Rich, that's that's. High. I think he can be that's, a rich man. That's high praise. LeBron James. Okay, well you're. I let me say something <laughs> real LeBron quick. James. I mean, you. Um, but he did not let us have a follow up on that opinion. He instantly just wanted to change gears. He left no room for follow up. None. I should say, like, 
I get what you're saying that like in all likelihood he's not going to be a superstar, but I don't think he do- like I think it's clear that he has the upside to be whatever he wants to be. Like he has athleticism, he's smart, he works hard. Like the really the only big drawback is his shot. You can't really like there's no other criticism of him. And if that's like your main criticism of a 19-year-old player, like sky's the limit with him. Like there's way like there's a way bigger probability that he won't be a superstar than he will be a superstar but like he still has the potential there and that's more than you can say about a lot of prospects. I don't think that they need him to be a superstar I don't even think they, they, they don't, don't need him to be an I mean, all-star they they need be, him to be he will be yeah better than LeBron uh, I think yeah. if if he becomes uh, I, I'm trying to find the comp I here, guess here Gian before, you want some numbers when yes, LeBron James was a 19-year-old playing in Cleveland, he shot those true shooting percentages. He shot awful. 41%, and he shot 29% from three. The next season, he shot 35%. And every season since then, he's been kind of like low to mid 30s, except for that those two seasons in Miami or three seasons in Miami, the last three. Yeah. We were we were looking at numbers the other day on uh, on the radio show I do at FIU, and oh my God, those Miami years were insane. It's just like everything like got put on steroids like <laughs> well his decline has been sharp and weird like you look at the, i mean if you're on the basketball reference page or i don't know what you're yeah. looking at look at look at his numbers from the last miami year to now it's just like who is this guy he's well there's also the thing with um oh, i'm gonna sorry, retweet yeah. another vine because i've been i've been staring <laughs> I mean, I was at it probably like just scream whole- hgh but you know okay well <laughs> I, I retweeted a steph curry vine you need to watch it hence him like dribbling between a guy's legs, stepping back and shooting a fadeaway. It's amazing. That guy's great. Okay, continue. I, I get distracted. I'm like a I'm like a squirrel. Like just see something going by and I was just gonna say, like, that's where like watching Cleveland, you just kinda realize how amazing Chris Bosch is. Like, I just wanna talk about how he's the greatest player of all time. Greatest power forward this of all time. This is Sorry. why people think you're crazy. Man, LeBron is just trucking people today. He runs into, was it Taj Gibson? Just completely takes yeah. him out. Man. Taj Gibson's still Hassan's bitch, by the way. What? <laughs> if we're, yeah. Do you yes. remember that game where he blocked oh him like seven God, times? Yes. Taj Gibson yes. has that was a beautiful moment where he wakes up screaming, Hassan Whiteside. I'm, you know, that game was. Hel- oh, no, okay. so I want to talk about funny. What was hilarious? Okay. That game was hilarious. I was just gonna say it was funny because I was driving home. I remember driving home. It was a Sunday. Um, I was driving back, and I think it was the first quarter. I had it on the radio, and I hear English say something like, "And that's the fifth block for Whiteside." And I was like, "That's not right, obviously." <laughs> <laughs> and I like get home, and he's fucking dominant. Er, Oh my God! I'm so sorry. What? That was. Are we allowed to yeah, curse? Are we not, I was saying, are we okay. not allowed to curse? Because I always curse. <laughs> we always. <laughs> I feel like I have, but when I said that, it seemed wrong. It's funny, somebody. And I apologize. Some, yeah, I know you were just disgusted <laughs> with it's, yourself. You son of a. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> People ask me like, "Why I, do you curse on your Twitter account?" I'm like, "Why the fuck not?" <laughs> I'm me, man. I mean, I think Jack, cursing sometimes expresses I, the perfect emotion that you're trying to get across, which is why I don't understand why, yeah, is a why great people, word. you know, are so against using them. 
Fuck is a great word. Like it's just a phenomenal word, fuck. and it just expresses what you need to express. Yeah, it exactly. feels so okay. good to say it too. It's something natural. Yeah. It just flows out. Try, Jack, say it. Try. Come on, yeah, do what? it. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> say it. it. Okay. <laughs> Louder. Oh wow! Wait, I told you to say the it. Cows are destroying the bulls. Oh what? Say it. Sorry, I was checking on basketball things. Thank God. I haven't even looked. Let me see. You're looking at you're looking at a game. I'm looking at a game. I was looking at Guys, the we stats. can't all be looking when we're doing a podcast. One of us no, has gotta know, keep talking. Funny. No, I know. Yeah, I was kind of, and I'm the host, and this is my fault, and I've been awful today, but I kind of wanted Jack to say something and he was staring at basketball. I had a coach Tony moment. The I'm just I was just looking at some stats. <laughs> I'm looking at a gif of Kristen Press on Tumblr. I love Kristen Press. She's she leads sports and smiles. Kristen Press? Yes, Not a sport. lead sports and smiles forward for the U.S. Women's Not National Team. Sport. I love her very much. Uh, I moved, so I, I I was looking at her. Uh, she came on my Tumblr dashboard. I don't know why I'm on Tumblr while we're doing the show. <laughs> Jack was looking at basketball, and God knows what you were doing, Christian. Um, I needed nothing. I needed some help. I I needed some backup. Yeah, no, I was actually just opening up. Hey, at least page. I was looking at. <laughs> I was provided no help. I'm just drowning. I mean, no, because Twitter's. I guess people are so excited. Basketball's back. The Twitter's filled with vines. And oh my God, Gordon Hayward just blocked the hell out of some Wizards player. I'm gonna retweet that too, so y'all can see. You can share this with me. That was amazing. Gordon Hayward always surprises me for athleticism, partly because he's white and partly because of his haircut. That's racist. Yeah, that's pretty. That's Why pretty racist. You, <laughs> it is pretty racist. But do you, I mean, you don't expect a guy that's that pasty to be that athletic. I mean, I don't know. Correct? I'm looking at this vine right now, and his hair is so well put together. He almost looks like how does he, it stay there? He looks there? like the the German like military lieutenant that's jacked, like at the end of the action movie that you have to get through to get to the main boss. Like he's looking. A, he looks like Captain America. Exactly. But like, who's, I don't know. Who's the guy who plays him? Uh, Hemsworth, Chris Evans. Chris, Evans. Chris Evans. Okay, yeah, he looks like him. A little bit, just yeah. jacked and another. We have derailed. All white people look the same now. We we went over this, and all white people have the same names. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we went over this in a previous show. If you haven't checked it out, uh, the Greater Alf show. I believe it's episode fifty-five. I don't know. It's a good one. That's that's a, that's a doozy. Today's been a today's been a shit fest. It's been it's been leftovers. Hey. I think I brought some good Winslow. You mean you yeah. came with the Winslow energy? Oh, uh, man. It's... I, and I still have some D-League stuff in store for you I guys. I read stats poorly. Well, we have roster spots <laughs> open. Are they? Oh, we need to get to the Grizzlies, so let's talk about that first because that's more fun. Um, it's wonderful. Who are Birdman and Matt Barnes going to fight? Uh, who? Wait, you forgot Lance about Lance Stevenson. Stevenson. <laughs> oh, he's there too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's that's what made like well, it, it's Chalmers, Lance Stevenson, and um. Matt Barnes and that's too much crazy. For, that's, that's amazing. Too much crazy is Jaeger still the, and then Tony the Allen's coach of that also team? insane? Oh my God, Tony Allen's also insane, and Zach Randolph is a crazy person. Yep. It's crazy. It's wonderful. I need that team to I make the it. playoffs and play the Warriors. Oh my God, that would not end well for that the would Warriors. Be great that great television, though. <laughs> it would be great if they tank just to avoid that eighth matchup. 
No, that's not that's what I would do if the if I was the Warriors because I don't have confidence in Memphis beating anybody, but I have confidence in Memphis just taking out Curry's bullying a team for a series en route to like losing in four. Right. Yeah, it just be, but it'd be the most gruesome, bloodiest four game series ever. It'd be like those Bulls Lebron games. Do you remember? But like way worse. Do you remember that series that it was like a million fouls called within the first two games? I hated those. Series. I loved it. <laughs> The middle finger lady. I got to the point where I would watch those games, and I just, like, I was so used to us not being able to get into the paint that when they finally played the Spurs in the finals, I thought Miami was winning. I, like, I was at game one of <laughs> the 2013 finals, and I was like, how is Miami not in the, like, how are they losing this game? It like they're getting into the paint with ease. They're not getting stopped by Roy Hibbert verticality constantly. Fun, but I was I just became accustomed to terrible, grinded out basketball, and that's what, what we are what now. What happened to both so. those guys? You realize that for the majority of the uh, the big threes run, th- their biggest threat was always Indiana, and it was because of Roy Hibbert, Lance Stevenson, and Paul George. It's amazing how those two guys that aren't named Paul George have fallen off in the last couple of years. I mean, I really they're both I really like, thought Lance Stevenson was going to be really good. I just I don't I don't get what happened. I he was really good. He was okay. Like he was good and then he left Indiana <laughs> and he had just the worst season I've ever seen in Charlotte. Oh, that was so bad. He's just bad. an embarrassment of a player. But, and he, he had the best so vines, like, when he would mess up. Oh, man. People were saying he was better than Wade yeah. for a while. Yeah, no, but those, those like, people were stupid. I mean, we... Yeah, but everybody was stupid. There was a whole talk after they lost in the 2014 finals, whatever, um, that, like, Joe Johnson was way better than Wade. Like, do you remember... Have I shown you this? There was the whole Twitter thread... And I think it was Snotty Drippin. He asks, um, he says, um, who would you take from now on, Dwayne Wade or Joe Johnson? Personally, I think I lean Joe Johnson. And then everybody, like smart people, all said Joe Johnson easily. Like nobody said Wade, they, except for Heat They fans. ended up being yeah. wrong on that. I think that was during that stretch that, that Wade had the, that was really bad. He had a really rough, it was during the last playoff run, I think, right? No, it was he had the he had that feels like he was so good in game ago. one. Oh my god, he was good in game one, and then he had four terrible right. games. But he was good all playoffs until then, and like it, I just thought it was ridiculous because I don't even think it's hindsight's twenty twenty or anything. It's just ridiculous because they based all of their assumption off a four game sample size, and completely ignored the fact that he was very good for the whole playoffs leading up to that. I don't know. I think that happens to Dwayne a lot, though. I, I think that that. Yeah. Ha- I mean, he he always kind of uh, articulates it, how you know the fall down seven, get up eight, how everybody always continually kind of counts him out, and he's like, "When are you guys going to stop doing this?" Eventually, people are going to be right. I mean, it's kind of what Lebertard always talks about, and how you keep overcoming odds until you don't. You know, the the last one to know is mirror, um, and then. Dwayne's case, he somehow defied this for very long. Do you think he's going to retire a good player, or do you think he's going to retire like Kobe? No, he's not going to retire like Kobe, but... I mean, something I comparable. Like, do you think he'll still be good when he retires? 
I don't think there's ever anything comparable to Kobe because that's just god awful. But my hope, and I don't feel like this is going to happen, but I really hope it happens just for his sake and for the team's sake, is that he decides to come back to Miami next season, but take a bench role because I think that's best for everybody, especially you know him. that's not happening. Yeah, but but maybe. you know that's not happening. He's going to be what thirty five next season. That's not happening, especially and not especially with the year he's had. Yeah, that's the thing. And he's been I healthy. Know. I think that's what's that's what's made he upset has. of the year. That's what's made this so hard is that he's been healthy. He's been playing well enough that you can't really make an argument to take him out of that role. But he's still clearly affecting the team in a negative way. It's like it's almost like the fact he has been playing so like better than I expected is kind of hurting the whole team dynamic long term because you're still not sure which way to go. Like I think I I agree with what Jack said. The way he's playing, you have to you have to keep him around. You got to pay him for sure. So I don't know. Their their dynamic is going to be hyper interesting going into the offseason because what's been set up with this whole Bosch injury or, uh, has been we're standing pad and we're, we're not standing pad. That's funny. We're not doing anything in this trade deadline. We're unloading all these salaries. We're going to go into 2016 pretty open, flexible cap. So you hold they have Drogic and Bosch under contract. And what makes it complicated is not let's say Bosch retires. His contract still counts up against against the cap for another year. So next year you're 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 on the hook for that Bosch contract. If he can come back healthy with some sort of guarantee that he can be productive and play, that makes it better. So now you have this dynamic where you don't know how much everybody's saying that they know, oh, Dwayne's probably gonna take this, Dwayne's probably gonna take that. Nobody knows anything. Because last we said the same thing last offseason. We don't even nobody nobody knows anything nobody, about nobody anything knows. And, and about anybody. Dwayne might come and ask for another twenty million dollars, and then Riley might flip him a bird, and Harrison has to go and make peace with him again. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, and nobody knows. So it, it's all dependent on what is Dwayne going to take? Because I do think they're going to do everything they can to keep him. You ha- are they going to move the Dragic contract? Uh, I think that's another question because I think it's clear, and as we talked about, this isn't working out. Um, are they going to do it? Are they not? Again, these are not answers to questions that I have and that we don't have, and we can all speculate all we want. But I think it's very clear Jack, that what they have. Did you just put a picture of of our video <laughs> chat on Twitter? All I see is yeah. <laughs> what? I wanna... But I may delete it because I just realized my email address. <laughs> Here, well, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> that eventually listens to this. I can repost it without the email. God, address. I hope somebody screen capped that. <laughs> I should have done it. What was, you know, that was sitting no. there. What was I doing? Ah, oh, it's gone. Fuck you. No, I just I'm gonna repost it just without my email God, address. That was funny. And you know, I don't need people contacting me about my crazy ass takes. They are crazy, and you know what? I deserve that because I was talking way too much. <laughs> I mean, I was fuck. I went, man. I went for it, dude. I was just, I, I couldn't stop talking. I was right though. No, I was I mean, right though. I was right in everything I fucking said. I don't. I wasn't. Okay, listening. Well, man, we are. <laughs> no, I'm got a real, a real listening problem real. today. <laughs> Let's be honest. We're all watching vines. Uh, I'm not watching Vine. I'm listening to the show, unlike you, apparently. I'm, I'm doing the show, man. I'm driving. This is not our best. If 790 hears this, they're gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> I think it's a good show. Did I don't they know eventually? Did about. they find someone else already? 
No, they're trying out Joanna Gomez, and it's just everybody complains about it. I've heard well, she's good. terrible. I've heard, but I don't hopefully she listen is to the radio. But you know, but you know, there's a, there's a disconnect between like Heat Twitter and like everybody else. Yeah, because people who still listen to AM radio aren't using Twitter, and, and like I, typically. And I also think the people that listen to 560 are different from the people that listen to 790 as well. So there's yeah. that divide. What I thought was interesting was, like, I'll go play volleyball, and I'm talking to the guys like that play, and they're saying Whiteside's a great defender because he has a lot of blocks. And I was like, wow, people still think like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I mean, everybody still thinks like that, kind of. I mean, not... Us, I guess, because we're geniuses. Because <laughs> we are above average academically. You gotta, you gotta at them, man, at them. No, but I mean, like my dad says that all the time. He'll just text me. He's like, "Oh, um, he thinks Bosch. Like he's the guy who thought Bosch was soft and needed to go for four years." What? What? But man, he's like he's the kind ca- like the casual Heat fan who thinks Bosch is soft and Hassan's an elite defender. Yep. And LeBron wasn't clutch for a year yeah. or something. I know. I know that my dad gets uh, his takes from the radio, so I can always get a good taste of what the gas bags on like five sixty are saying. Because I know that that's if my dad's listening to sports, that's the channel he's listening to. So your dad's Stugatz. <laughs> Uh, a little stealing, bit yeah. stealing takes. A little bit just stealing takes. <laughs> he's bringing the hot takes constantly with no regard for human life. I get mad like when I listen to Lebetard and I have a take. Like today, I'm driving home and as I'm walking to my car uh, from FIU, I'm thinking, okay, well, we're going to talk. Man, in my head, we were going to do such a great show today. So I have all these show ideas planned. I was like, I'm going to talk about this. What are you talking about? We killed this show. It was so great. We're all paying attention 100%. So I'm walking to the car and I have all these like great show ideas. And then I get to the car, and then I start listening to Lebertar, and I was like, this fucking asshole. He's talk- he talked about this on Tuesday. <laughs> like, I-, I wanted to talk about the doing Goron dirty, like trading Goron, and how that bad that would be, uh, the boss stuff. And I'm like, man, Dan's stealing all my – I can't do it now. I'm going to be copying him. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know what the etiquette on- is on this, but I feel like sometimes it's not a bad idea to kind of piggyback on something another show talked about because I'm sure a lot of people are listening to his show too. And it just kind of gives you a chance to kind of pitch in your thoughts on whatever people are talking about because the really popular guys like Levitard are talking about it. Well, it's talking about stealing t- like like stealing takes. Oh, well, if you take the entire take, that's a different story. I thought you just meant like to- like what topic oh, they're no, talking it's... about and stuff. It's like, oh, no, that's I'm totally fine with that. But if you steal their take, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't watch out. Make sure you don't get called out for it. At Biscayne Bay tweets at me, do you guys allow cursing and random rants? Sir, that's what we're all about. That's what this entire episode that's has been. basically the entire <laughs> podcast. That was amazing. What And what an appropriate question considering today's show. I was like, how has he already listened to it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. So I do want to get into one thing uh, because we're approaching time but that I did want to get into, which was Lebetard was talking about last week uh, or this week rather about how Bosch how, how like fans are being hypocritical saying that they care about Bosch the person right um, and I kind of I kind of found and his argument was you don't know Chris Bosch 
How could he be? A, you care about your team. Like anything else is, is lying and, and being selfish. And you're shaking your head. And my, I guess, I don't want to call it rationalizing, but the way I've always looked at it, especially with my sports figures, is while I've never known them, they've always been kind of like a part of my family because you, they're at the dinner table with you. They, especially, particularly Dwayne, and to a lesser extent, Chris, you watch them play and kind of grow as people. As you're growing, right, and especially us who are in our, our adolescence, uh, we're 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 not adult. I mean, we're adults, but we're not fully. We're not forty years old with a family, you know. So, as we're growing, so are the people that we're watching, as well, and we're kind of growing together. And this kind of this connection between someone who's growing up and an athlete, how you're both growing together, and they're always with you in a way they're at your dinner table because you're watching the game while you're eating um each you know at least for me i can connect moments in my life to eras and in, in heat basketball and stuff like that so my always my care for these athletes and broadcasters like eric reed and tony and dr jack ramsey has been you have been a part of my life in a way that nothing else has been so while i don't know you i care about you deeply and that's kind of the argument I've always kind of made for that. I don't know. Is, that, is, that, is it too much or am I wrong or do you guys feel the same way? I think you're spot on. Like I was – I agree wholeheartedly. I was upset when I heard that he said that because I think it's just a ridiculous take to have that because you can't know somebody, you can't be sad that their life's at risk. Especially like a basketball player like Chris Bosh who like we've been – closely following for at least the past five years or so and he's very animated off the court and on the court he's very likable he's very expressive and open about everything you become connected to that guy if you're watching him close enough after a certain amount of time and you care if he's healthy or not like you don't want that guy like you see him with his kids he seems like i don't know him personally i don't know i'm not going to argue with the fact that I know him. Like, I don't know him, but I know he's another human being and I'm aware of his existence. But he's existence, important to you in a way. He, he brings joy to my life. Like, I like watching him play. He's a f- very funny person. He's just a fantastic interview. Like, anything written about him where he's interviewed is exceptional like, among the greatest things I've ever read. Like, he's he's just great all around. And I want that guy to be a healthy, happy person. Like, I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to say, even though I don't know him. I mean, yeah, I can't really say it any better than that. Like, just naturally, sports, they give you, I mean, at least for me, they give me, a like, when I see a great play, doesn't matter what sport I'm watching, as long as I like it. Like, you know, the rush that I get from watching a slam dunk or an alley-oop or something like that is unlike very few things in life for me. And so, like, you build that kind of, like, emotional connection with the people responsible for it. Especially with Dwayne, you know, most of us grew up kind of watching him. Like, there's a a huge connection there. And what I've always said with Dwayne in particular is, Dwayne came in a young man. Like, Dwayne came in baby-faced, and Dwayne is a fully formed father and adult. And when Dwayne in 2003, I mean, that was, what, 15 years ago? How long has it been already? Eight, how long has Dwayne been in the league? 13 years. 13 years ago, you know, I, I, was, I was 10 years old. I've grown up watching Dwayne. Dwayne Wade and I have grown up together in a way. Now, obviously, very indirectly, but we, you know, you've seen these people's lives play out publicly. And what Levitard is saying is true. 
that the care you have for them is tied to your feel good. But I also do feel like it would be there even if the team was stinky. You know what I mean? Yeah, if Bosch was a bad player, I wouldn't feel like less bad about him having blood clots. No, but what he what he's saying like, is absolutely so. Is that the the I guess the starting point of us caring is them contributing to our feel good. However, it's not yes, the end that's, point. Yeah, he gets the spotlight by contributing to our feel good by being a great player. Like that's how he gets into the position to where we notice him. From there, like we care about him for being the video bombing for his character, exactly. Crazy Machu Picchu traveling, camel riding, crazy just hilarious person. So like especially in like the modern era, like maybe this would be different with somebody like Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain, but in a world where Chris Bosch has a Snapchat, a Twitter, a Facebook, um, there's constantly blogs posting about him. There's just like we're so connected to these athletes. Like we don't know them personally, but we're definitely more connected to them than we would have been to an athlete even in like the nineties. They're more accept. They're more accessible. even in the early two right. thousands. So much yeah. access. So they're more accessible, yeah. and we like. Yeah. Well, what I will. We feel what I will argue, and, and and which, and again, I'm just doing this to make a counter argument. What you can argue is, you know, at the end of the day, you look at this Peyton Manning story, and you look at Tiger Woods. Like at the end of the day, we don't know them, and I think we understand that going in. I'm not saying that we, and you're not saying that we know them, but you feel like you know a part of them at least, even if it's them faking it. You know a part of them, and whether or not they're faking it or not, to you, it's real. At least. It, it, it kind of is, you know what I mean? Like, and this CR, it, it's it's real to you, and it comes back to the argument: if a tree falls in the forest and doesn't make a sound, did it really happen? Right? Like, it's real to you, and it sounds so cliche and corny, but at the end of the day, that's what we got. So these connection, this connection to these people that we don't know, is something very real and not just only tied to the feel good. While that is the starting point. Mm-hmm. That was a good segment. Yeah, it was. That, that, that was nice and deep. I was gonna say, you fucking nailed it, dude. We were, we were, we were very basketball heavy. I couldn't read numbers. Uh, then we got sloppy. We were watching vines. I was looking at Kristen Press. You were watching. No, we vines. were watching vines. You're posting pictures on Twitter. You can't prove that. Because I openly admitted it like an idiot. <laughs> you look exhausted, and you're wearing a Rick and Morty Me? shirt. Yeah. I, I need to get a Rick and Morty shirt. Damn it. Can we talk about Rick and Morty for a little bit? Do we have time? He Twitter keep yeah, we have time. He Twitter keeps wanting me to watch Rick and Morty. Oh, that's right. You haven't watched. What is time. wrong with it. you? I don't like It's the Justice Winslow. <laughs> I don't TV like shows. Amen. A lot of potential, but might fall flat. <laughs> no, no, just consistently yeah. oh, no. great. It's the Justice Winslow's defense. Of okay. No, I think you'd really like it too because part of what makes it great is that it's not always just you know one particular thing. It's sometimes it's wacky, sometimes it's you know more funny, sometimes it actually gets a little bit serious and emotional. Like you know, it's it's definitely worth your time for sure. My my issue with it, and I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm sure it's not. My issue is, and I imagine it's people's. It's what makes the entry barrier to anime difficult to some people. I'm not used to that art style. Right, like anime is very beautiful and flowing and detailed, and this is just fucking sticks on a paper. 
It, do you not watch I South like Park? It. I think I do watch South Park, yeah. but I think part of the appeal for South Park is that that's what it's it's supposed to be that bad. I think there's something cool about it not being super realistic, though. Like that kind of allows them to do darker things with while still remaining like lighthearted and stuff. Like that, it's not a real person doing these things. It kind of disconnects from reality. It's a really good show. It's got like like equal amount sci-fi and equal amounts comedy and like equal amounts feel good and equal amounts feel I, bad. I am interested so, to watch it just because there's always a disconnect when I watch anime, especially I don't watch a lot in the comedy genre, but a lot of times slice of life or romance, it's rom-com. Um, Japanese humor is different from American humor. So there is a disconnect for me watching these animated series that I'm not getting, that the humor does not resonate with me as much as a sitcom would, which by the way, sitcoms now are terrible. Is there a good sitcom? Maybe New Girl and Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Are there any other good? New Girl's pretty funny. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's good. Uh, Man-Seeking Woman's fantastic. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, that's a sitcom. I don't. I haven't watched it in a couple of seasons. Man Seeking Woman on FX is fantastic. I've heard it's good. I haven't. You seen guys it. gotta watch that. You guys have seen Broad City, right? I haven't seen the second season I have not. yet. Broad, Broad City is one of great. my favorite shows right now. I have not. I have not. And then Louie's good. Mm-hmm. And then there's some good Netflix. Is he that stuff. funny? Because I've always. I don't know. I, I'm so. I'm from that Dave Chappelle camp. So I listen to Louie, and I'm just like, oh, you're not Chappelle. He, I mean, it's a different yeah. kind of comedy, but you can enjoy it both. It is very, it's, it's very different. different. It's, it's not very what I'm different. used to, and I'm more used. I prefer Chappelle too, but that's just because Chappelle's like, like maybe the greatest stand-up comedian. I was going to ask time, that. I was going to ask, opinion. like, is that ridiculous for me to say? Because I've said that before. Is that? I mean, you like who you like, and he's obviously great. Like, um, um, shit, I'm completely spacing. His Kevin. Comedy special, um, recent new Killing, Killing Him Softly. softly. Yeah. Killing Him Softly is one of the greatest specials. I like in oh, my no, opinion. I, love, I that, think that's it's probably my favorite special that I've seen. It, it maybe is. Yeah, no, that it's definitely up there. I mean, I love Chappelle. I have him, Mitch Hedberg. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts a lot on of Bill Burr? Stand up. Not like, do you like Hannibal Hannibal's at all? Funny. Bill Burr is yeah. great too. Hannibal's great. I'm seeing him this weekend, I think, or next week. What I like about those old Chappelle things is that when you listen to them, a lot of the things he talks about still holds up. The racial things? Oh, yeah. No, he's super smart. That's why, like, his show is amazing. Oh, he's a genius. Like, he was just, he was brilliant. I saw Chappelle when he came to Miami about a year and a half. I did, too. You 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 went to that? Yeah, I went to that, too. Yeah. He was great. Which one? I went to the the first showing. I went to, I think it was the first showing also, yeah. I went to, I I remember being on the line. When I found out it was happening, I was on the line, and they only let me buy, I think, three tickets at a time. And I needed six. So I had to... Uh, when I was on the phone with the with so, yeah, the so with Chappelle, the ticket company, I had to conference call in because they needed those. We were like no and tickets left. I had to conference call in my friend well, out of time, so but he on a different like an hour could buy and, uh, more tickets. So this thing has can't to keep the like people listening too long. They gotta. I'm sure they have other podcasts to listen to also. There's this so thing many doesn't. It, there's so many podcasts. We have a yeah. I'm, we're part of the problem, boys. Hey, Matt, come on, Jack. You just stare at the fucking camera and not do anything. You're just like, I, I stop. I looked at you and I was like, you want to respond for I me. Pause, I'm not going to give and you I one. let you have the floor. Man, I hate you guys so much. 
Are you guys trying to sabotage me getting a job in radios? No, man. We're oh trying. Oh, my That's God. Exactly this is it. You're sabotaging me. I don't know what Jack's I, motives are. I don't know. If I could turn off your mic, I would. <laughs> if, I, if I was in the radio uh, station, I would just, you know, turn on my mic up. Just do the Tony yes, exactly. reality. Uh, just that's what we do, man. So me. today, that has been the Heat Beat Podcast. I have been your host, Giancarlo Navas, Jack Alfonso, Christian Hernandez. Gentlemen, would you like to give out your Twitter accounts, Christian, first? Because Jack, you're a jackass. At CCH1125. You don't have more followers. That's crazy. I just reached 600, and I couldn't believe that you're... Yeah, what are you at, 400? Like, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I don't really fixate on that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I'd rather... And I don't... I follow a lot of people, but it's mostly people just to get information. And I've been unfollowing a lot of the people that I kind of followed because they followed me. There's a lot of people out there really aren't worth following. No. Jack, how do you have so many followers? Like me. I don't get it. I don't know. I try my hardest to lose followers. I don't know how I have that many. It's incredible. How many do you have? You have like 1,600? I yeah, sixteen hundred and forty. I just checked. Have you ever run one of those things that check how many of those are like bots or whatever? They're mostly real. I was surprised. I was like, this is gonna be ninety-seven <laughs> percent bots. I think the thing is, a lot of people mute me. Like, just I think at least seventy percent of my followers Does that make have you me feel muted. better. I feel like and that's I'm fine with that. Feel better. It just, like, it makes me feel like I'm not living in a crazy world because I don't want to live in a world where 16, like, 1,600 people want to read my tweets. They're not that good. I don't get it. I don't know. My my account is at Alfonso Hoops in case you want to add to that. They're garbage tweets, but you can follow them. Sometimes I say things yeah, about the you- D League. And also, I'm working on a thing for Heatbeat that we talked oh. about briefly. I don't it's I'm trying to do a thing it was kind of iffy with the trade deadline but um I'm working on a thing where I'm just comparing heat players to Pokemon because that's the most useful um I I think there was some good entries the last time that uh it was talked about yeah there are some good ideas it's an amazing idea uh christian do you have anything coming up i know you just had something really long come out the other day do you have anything Uh, well i'm actually going on vacation tomorrow for a week oh that's right have fun buddy yeah thanks man i'm gonna hit the slopes i'm gonna throw myself off a mountain it's fucking yeah it's fun to do that every now and then i love it it like a rush you know no i love it so you get snowboarding or skiing i ski i mean i've tried snowboarding I was always a really good skier, and I tried snowboarding. Uh, my balance wasn't great, I guess. I don't know. I just I was tired of falling, so I went back to skiing, and now I can. I go with a group of friends, and we tend to throw ourselves off the double blacks and stuff like that. So it's fun. Have you heard my uh, my awful snowboarding story? The first time I went. No. So real. Wait, did you tell your story okay, about the well, love, yeah, yeah, love, love life? <laughs> That's a quick story. So my God. <laughs> That's a quick story. <laughs> Oh, we the got a lot to go. Oh my god! So there. <laughs> have Have you ever looked at a woman or man and said, "Wow, that person's unattractive," but I find them attractive anyway, understanding that they're unattractive? Yeah, I've been drunk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're objectively. Like you look at them and you're like, "Wow, you're ugly." They're like but attractive. But I'm just, just like, I don't care. You're you're like I know you're. I've called her with my friends. I've called her the ugly girl. 
Because wow, I don't know her name. So wow, that's so mean. <laughs> if you look at my text. This story is like off the, to a great the, start. The, I was like, oh, look, the ugly girl. Uh, oh, the ugly girl did her hair. She looks really great today. So I, Dude, I'm do you, trying. Does that not like, make you feel bad when, when you it, say it? That would make it me does, feel bad. It, no, it does make me feel bad. And then you read your, your text logs and it's just hysterical. So you can't be that mad. So I'm there and, and I'm like, <laughs> so bad. So I'm calling, you know, we're, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to talk to the ugly girl. However, the ugly girl has like five friends around her at all times. Right? Yeah, oh, so I was tweeting. So I'm trying to figure this. out a way to speak to the ugly girl. And it's just very difficult because the ugly girl has a lot of friends. So I'm trying to do some advanced scouting. I do I do my so I find out she takes the, the shuttle from FIU campus to FIU campus. I drive, so I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna have to take the shuttle one day to try to talk to her? This is, this is really impossible. So I do some more advanced scouting, and a buddy of mine tells me that the ugly girl has a boyfriend. So I'm like, okay, ugly girl has a boyfriend. Ooh. I was like, oh, that's no fun. So I'm, I, she comes into class. And she she looks in her ugly glory self great to me. She was awesome. Like she looked great today. So I'm just staring at her and I was like, wow, you know, this is the best you've ever looked. And I find out you have a boyfriend. So I'm walking out of class and I'm talking to my friend and I'm asking him, well, how, how do you know? At this point, I'm just grasping at straws. He's like, dude, I, I just know. And I was like, well, how do you know? I was like, well, they're holding hands and they're kissing and stuff. And I was like, oh. And then I pause and I go, well, she was fucking ugly anyway. (laughs) That was me lashing out, dude. I was so sad. I was like, oh, my God. God. I would have loved the ugly shit out of you. We just got a, a little peek into the the weird window. I'm not like Gian's that, man. Soul. I'm not. I'm not like that. And, and what swept over me was just I was disgusted with myself. I got into my car and I was like, I need a fucking shower. Oh, I felt so bad. I felt unhuman. And it's funny because this is on the heels of me getting out of my feminist theory class. You take a feminist theory class? I'm minoring in women's studies. You're. Really? Which makes this all the more funny, and that ties into me getting the 790 job because I've been advocating forever for more women in sports coverage, and what is going to be my undoing is 790 wants a woman in that spot. Damn, that's like a catch-22 for you, isn't it? Wow. All sorts of irony. So yes, that is my. I have I have so many bad stories of me and my dating. I, you know, I I should tell one like once a month on the podcast. Uh, I have some. I have some that include women asking me for money in strange places, a dialysis machine, a, li- a literal dialysis machine, uh, Chinese characters, and t- I have so many. Oh my god, this could be a fun segment. We could get music and get Brian to produce it. Where's Brian been? I feel like I haven't done a podcast with Brian in a while. Well, br- well, Brian has a shitty school schedule, so Brian can only do the podcast Monday and Tuesday, and we end up always recording on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we need to get our bearings during the week. What was the other story I had to tell? I feel like I disappointed you with the ugly girl story. I, I hyped it up too much and it wasn't that great. I just love the way <laughs> you handled it all. <laughs> just, and sometimes, because I, I know that you were saying like what you were thinking in your head, but I'm just imagining you saying these things out loud to this girl in her face and I'm just like, oh my God. Which is why I tweeted out the other day. Like I wanted to tweet a lot of this out and I think I said, um, I wish I was like Heat Boner because Heat Boner just tweets anything out. Yeah, but he does it at like 3 a.m. He's smart. <laughs> what was the other story? I had something else I had to say. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>